Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio on the Airwaves dial at 48752. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are singing Ding Dong, That Witch is Dead. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. That could mean a lot of things. Um, Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. Look at you go, crushing it. You know what's funny? As you're doing the opening, I, like, nod my head. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> when you get it right. Yeah, it's like a kid reading out loud in class. I'm like, yeah, I'm cakey. Oh, huh? I thought you meant, like, because <laughs> it's almost like a musical cadence to it. Like, I have to, like, bounce along as I say it. Otherwise, I'll forget what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Muscle memory, I guess. Um, so we're going to talk about Outlander Season 6. The yeah. worst... It's not surprising because the the content from season six, like from the books, not great. It's not great. It's so the book is so long, and it's so unnecessary. Everything that happens in it. Um, But Mm -hmm. I would love to know who else in Ding Dong the Witch is Dead applies to. (laughs) Oh, I was just thinking about our like off air conversation that it could just apply there as well. Okay, they will not be named. Yeah. No, they will not be named. But. I'm trying to think if there's anyone who still listens to this that would know. I don't think no, so. No, I don't think so. But anyway, I'm not going to say it, because you never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is just for us, Megan. This is just yeah, our recorded basically. check-in time once a month. Yeah, it's good. It's fun. It's something to look forward to. It's nice. It's Honestly, it's nice to carve out some time. Yes, totally. I've got my gin drink here. What are you sipping on? Ooh, I have a cider, and I also have some Ryan ginger. Ooh, an alcoholic cider? Yes. Okay, double fisting. Hello. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I we were talking off air, but it was teacher's convention this weekend uh, for us, and on Thursday, Friday, and I spent most of Thursday at the bar, um, but I was still home by, like, 5.15. Nice. Like, one of the girls that I went for brunch with on Friday, she didn't get home until after midnight and then rallied and came for brunch at 8. Oh, you know? It's God. like, dude, I couldn't, could not have. As an adult woman, <laughs> yeah. I'm offended. Like, no <laughs> um, but yeah, it's funny because I knew some people that were working at the trade show part of Teachers Convention. Like, they were, you know, with their, whatever, their organizations that they work with or volunteer with or whatever. And on the Thursday, one of the guys that I was talking to, he's like, is it always this busy? And I said, on the Thursday, yes. Yeah. It's absolute pandemonium in there. By Friday, it was so much better. Yeah. The Friday's nice. Because, yeah, the Friday's a much more low-key kind of day. Yeah. Thursday is intense. And it was the first convention in person that we've had since 2020. So, like, it was a thing. Oh, yeah, because everything shut down right in March. That's right. Yeah, so it was, like, two weeks after convention, everything shut down, so we had a normal one then, and then, yeah, we had online ones for the last two years, so, like, being back in person and doing our thing, so, like, my friends and I, we like to go to the bar when it opens, (laughs) and then stay there until we shouldn't You said that as if it was some sort of euphemism. (laughs) No, We go to the bar when it opens, waggle, waggle, waggle. Like, we were there earlier than we've ever been. It was 10.30. Oh, my God. Uh, we we met in the trade show at 10.15 and then went up the stairs and walked over and 
we were there at 10.30, and we had a pint of Guinness in front of us by, like, 10.35. I mean, all the power to you. You'll be happy to hear that the Getka website does not work. <laughs> I'm trying to get on it and see nope. what the fucking, like... It's in... Oh, that website was designed in 1974, and it has not been improved in any way. It won't even open. It won't even open. It's Chrome so is like, this is redirecting too many times. There's no way we're going to open this for you. <laughs> yeah. No, it's such a bad website. And then, like, remember when, when you were still working uh, up here, there was, like... Um, We'd get like a you could get like a PDF schedule that would just like really small print, but you could see all the things on a page. Basically, yeah. they don't do that anymore. You have to like go onto this other website to like find a schedule. It's an absolute nightmare. Ugh, do you remember that time they were doing like wristbands? Mm-hmm. God, it was. Do you know what they did this year? And what? I don't know if they asked for it except for maybe keynotes. They were just like, bring your ATA card, and I was like, yeah, fucking obviously, there's the solution. Yeah, totally. Uh, and people, but I don't have my card. I'm like, you can log into the local website and download it from there. It's fine. <laughs> you know, I actually have my, like, plastic card. But, like, I was like, how have we not been doing this before? Yeah, like, like what? How? That's the easiest solution. Mm-hmm. No, my I'm like, do people stupid. really try and get into teachers' conventions from outside? I mean, probably. I'd wander around the trade show looking for free stuff, too, I guess. I guess so, but the free stuff isn't that good. No, the only thing... Actually, Staples was there, and they gave away... They had these really cool, like, tote bags that had, like... They were almost like messenger bags, but they were just, like, I don't know, like, polyvinyl, like, tote bags or whatever. And they had a flap on top, and there was two pockets on the inside, and they also put in there two boxes of pens. Whoa, what? That's a good giveaway. That's fantastic. I want that that tote bag that's got pockets in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's an excellent giveaway, because then I was like, oh, good, pens for my classroom. Hell Yeah. They're going to be gone in three days. Oh, probably. Oh, would you like to know the fun thing I had to tell my kids? Uh, I had to make a Google form quiz for my children on Wednesday. Uh, about how to use the recycling bins in my classroom. Oh, no. For anyone new to the podcast, I oh, teach high no. school. <laughs> my kids are 16, 17, and 18 this year. And we had to have a conversation about not putting your dirty Kleenex... Oh. In the paper recycle bin. Uh, and not putting your, like, partially empty can of whatever into the paper recycling bin. And not leaving your food scraps in the green bin for, like, bottles and cans. Come on, dude. So I made a Google form quiz. And it was seven questions. All multiple choice. And let me tell you, not everybody got 100%. Oh, boy. I was real annoyed. Anyway. Um, oh, kids, I tell ya, you yeah. just, it's exhausting. Yeah. It's And, like, exhausting. it was one of those questions, one of those things that was just, like, when I give out handouts to my kids, I always hole punch them, right? Yeah. And I'll always say, at the beginning of the semester, I'll be like, hey, check out this piece of paper I just gave you. Do you see those three holes along the <laughs> Did you know that your binder has three rings that exactly match the spaces between those holes. Mm-hmm. And what you can do is you could put the rings through the holes in the paper and then you'll never lose the paper because it won't fall out of your binder. And they're like, what? 
And they always look at me like I'm an insane person. And then, like, three days later, someone pulls a short story out of their backpack and it's shaped like an accordion because they didn't put it in the fucking binder. Yeah. Well. If, if someone had told me that I had paid however much money and spent however much time in school to make Google Form quizzes about how to use recycling bins for high school kids, I would have been like, I there mean, is no possible way. And you still do. Like. Mm-hmm. Good lord. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's, uh, that's teaching in 2023 for you. Here we are. Here we are. You know what? It's not any different when I was teaching in 20... Oh, my God. 20... Oh, my God. 2018. Yeah. Holy shit. Five years ago, Megan. I will say, though, Five it's different years ago. from when I was teaching in, like, 2010. Yeah. Like, things are a lot different. I would have never had to be so condescending about something. <laughs> Basically. Uh, I mean, if there's one thing to be condescending about, that's an important one. It's true. It's true. Um, yeah, anyway, it's just so funny, the things that, like, matter. Because, like, we have a team, a green team at school. It's one of the clubs. And they, that's what they do, is they come around and they empty our recycling and our empties. And I don't know what they... They get to collect the money from the empties oh, okay. as well. And I don't know what their projects are, but it's to help fund, like, the projects that they want gotcha. to do. Um, and that's super cool. But, like, when they come and clean out our bins, when there's dirty tissues in either one of the bins, they don't even touch them. They don't even throw them in the garbage. And I don't blame no, them. No, I wouldn't want to either. They shouldn't have to. That's not their job. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway. That was a whole thing. That's a whole thing. You know what? If mm -hmm. I ever get real rich, Megan... Like, independently rich, not just married to a rich person. Um, <laughs> I'm going to put fucking solar panels on all these goddamn schools. Why aren't there, oh, like, great. all these freaking flat school roofs? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Mm-hmm. I know. Do you know how, I mean, yeah, just, like, the surface area on the roofs alone. Like, how much electricity could they generate? So much. So much. They could pull themselves. They could pull themselves off the grid. A hundred percent. Maybe not in December, but you're gonna get some throughout the year. That's yeah. gonna offset it. Like the amount of time and energy that is wasted in schools just with lights on when they don't need to be on is just like, ugh. All those fucking old fluorescents. Jesus. It's bad. It's true. You know, it's funny though. I, at Christmas time, we have our like department party at one of the guys' houses. He lives way up on the north end, and so I picked a couple people up and we drove, and we ended up driving past the school. And it was nice. It was like December twenty seventh or eighth or whatever, and all of the lights were off except the emergency ones that stay on all yeah. the time, um, which is like one in every like long hallway that we have, yeah. which isn't there. Are not very many of those. Um, so I was like, oh, the lights do shut off. That's nice. To know. Yeah. <laughs> Never seen it, but good. <laughs> good to know it's possible. Oh, cool. Yay. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I hope you do get independently wealthy and you can, uh, yeah, put solar panels in my school and also um, a robot to kick kids when they put their uh, Kleenex in the recycling. <laughs> oh, to kick them. Can't, yeah, it can't be a real person because we get fired, but a robot what can absolutely What about, kick like, a, a small electric shock? <laughs> 
that'd be good. What are those little dog robots from that Boston whatever? You know, you know. Yeah, Boston Labs or whatever the shit it is. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, those like weird little dog robots. We could have one of those just patrolling. Oh my god, that's hilarious. This is this is our screenplay, Megan. This is our school (laughs) horror screenplay. This is it. It's not some fucking Hallmark hockey movie. It's what's that? Killing Mrs. Whatever, whatever. Killing Mrs. Tingle or mm-hmm. whatever the shit. Yeah, whatever that one Yeah, was. this yes, is yes, us, but a rogue or... robot killing Yeah, like the kids. Or the, just the educator version of John Tucker must die. <laughs> Either or. <laughs> Except instead of, like, John Tucker being, like, a playboy that everyone, like, that who tries to sleep with everyone, John Tucker is just that kid who always, like, my dad's a lawyer and he can sleep. <laughs> That's who John Tucker is. My dad says that he pays taxes and therefore pays your salary, so you need to change my grade. Basically, yes. Oh my god. This is a snuff film for sure. 100%. It's going to premiere at next year's teacher convention. But but not for the elementary teachers. No. Oh, speaking speaking of elementary teachers, I heard a lady yesterday as I was going up the escalator after uh, the one session that I did go to. uh, She was just like, I always feel so rejuvenated after a really good session. And one of my colleagues and I, we looked at each other and he said to me, he was like, if you ever say the word rejuvenated, I'm going to push you. (laughs) And I was like, yep, fair enough. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I feel the... I don't... Like, elementary teachers are just a different breed. They really are. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. catchment PD I ever had, I was just like, I don't understand how you function. It's just... They're a mm-hmm. different species, I think. hmm I went for drinks yesterday with Riva and some of her friends, and they all teach elementary. And Riva and I have been friends for long enough, um... I think she's very much like a junior high teacher who teaches elementary. Yeah. I think in her, the way that she like comports herself and stuff uh, and the way that she like runs her classroom and she's very old school in a lot of the things that she does. Um, but some of the people that we were meeting with, uh, I was just like, I don't know how you even function in the world uh, like this. I cannot imagine I could not do your job. I would literally throw myself in front of a bus. <laughs> like I just... I just can't. I like kids and I don't mind like when my friends have kids and like when they're, you know, elementary age and they're learning cool stuff and they tell you about it. Yeah, great. Not dealing with like any of the nonsense that goes on in an elementary classroom. I would lose my mind. Oh, yeah. Just like having to say like, okay, let's get our hands out of our pants. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, like, please stop touching each other. I mean, I have had you to, have say that to do that. Kids, so, like, you have to do that for there sure. There is a thing. Yeah, you have yeah. to do that. Um, but yes, I understand that totally. But yeah, it was so. Steve, uh, friend of the podcast, Steve, he works uh, at a. He was at a booth at the trade show, and we were talking on Thursday. And then I ran into him again yesterday, and he's like, "Okay, I think I figured it out. I think I figured out like the sort of general dress code for the three different like types of female teachers that I've seen here today." And I was like, "Oh, please!" Explain. Oh, just female ones. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, the men are a little bit harder to peg. Disagree, um, but continue. He's, he's not wrong. Um, in, like, with men, it's not so much the clothes, it's the accessories. And if you're not quite, I think it's a little bit harder to pick just based on clothing. Um, 
But anyway, because we saw this one guy, we are like, oh, man bun, messenger bag, you definitely teach junior high. Yes. And we were correct. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was not the clothing, it was the other. Uh, but he, so he says, there's, there's like the high school teachers, he says, for the most part, what I can tell, he says, I'm pretty sure anyway. He's like, I don't want to say that they're sporty. He's like, but no one's super dressed up. He says, they're pretty comfortable, maybe like a hoodie or a sweater or whatever, but nobody's got anything that says their school name on it. Who's this? High school? And I was like, high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, you know what? That's pretty fair. He's like, junior high, he says, could be like a combination of styles, but like they've often got like the vest or a, a tote bag or something that's got their school name on it, you know, and they're pretty excited to like see their, their pals and stuff. Um, he's like, and the, he's like, and the, the women, they all have like hair that's not blonde, but they're trying really hard to make it look blonde. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. He's like, and the elementary teachers, he's like, any elementary teacher under 40 can best be described as pumpkin spice. And I'm like, 100%. Yep. 100,000%. He did say that the older the teachers got, like with the women, it was a little bit harder to tell because they just dressed differently. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. I said, generally speaking, though, the most you're going to, the older, like, female teachers are going to be elementary teachers anyway. Yes. Um, There's a longevity there. Yes. Where they don't, it's not longevity the same way, like, in high school or whatever. Yeah. You're, like, transitioning Um, to different roles. That was his, that was his observation. And I was like, you know, you are not, and as soon as he said pumpkin spice, he tried to explain it. I was like, you don't even need to know exactly what you're talking about. Loud and And clear, buckaroo. And then, like, three of them walked by. (laughs) And I was like, see, I knew exactly what you meant. Yeah. The funny thing about... (laughs) elementary young elementary teachers is that they have such a mean girl vibe to outsiders Mm -hmm. it's very strange whereas like i felt like every time i went to convention i was just like i don't give a fuck you know Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. if i saw somebody cool if i didn't that's fine but i didn't rove around in a pack no and they wrote yeah they absolutely rove around in packs yeah it's really bizarre that's true yeah. Whereas, like, for if you're, te- yeah, I think if you teach older kids or whatever, you're just kind of like, ah, here we are. Also, knowing that there's, it's very unlikely that you're going to go find a session that's like relevant to anything that you've done in the classroom in the last five years. Absolutely. Anything so, at all. Yeah. So, this year for Division Four, like 10 to 12 for English, there were six total sessions geared towards that. And for social, there were like five. And two of them were French. Like, duplicates of English sessions, so there was only three. <laughs> nice. In a convention with hundreds of sessions. Yeah. There were uh, eight or nine, nine that applied to the things that I teach. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, so the one we went to was about Ukraine, and it was, like, sort of Ukraine a year, like, a year into the war or whatever, and the person who presented uh, is the secretary of the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress. Fascinating. And he graduated uh, from a school that I taught in 2011 and I taught him social 10 so I was like well of course I'll go watch this and he was phenomenal it was great oh that sounds fantastic did he like recognize you did you chat did you have a connection we did chat he didn't recognize me at first because my hair is long and let me tell you oh yeah I gotta tell you this is the most incredible thing in the world I avoided conversations with so many people because they didn't recognize me right away so I just kept walking yeah I was like I don't need to deal with this right now and I didn't I love that for you. I love yeah, that for you. Yeah, it was very satisfying. <laughs> very, very satisfying. That's fantastic. I have a question for you for after the podcast, so remind okay. me about it, but it's not something we can record. It's mostly just okay. gossip. 
Um, oh, I love gossip. Yeah, but let's just take a... Should we take a hard veer into Out- Outlanderland? Is it even a veer when we're going from, like, this is what Megan did at her professional development for two days, to, like, let's talk about uh, hot Scottish people doing things. That's not even a veer. That's, like, another planet. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yes, let's talk about it. We I would started like on Earth, thoughts. and now we're on Neptune. Um, so... Obviously, spoilers for season six of Outlander, which is now on Netflix and has been for like it's a year old, so whatever, two years, whatever the shit. Um, I'm gonna send you a graph while you're talking, and it's the uh, from Wikipedia, the viewers per episode in millions over the seasons, <laughs> and I feel like it's good. It's really good because I went on the Wikipedia page. I um, I bet I can predict the yep. 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 I noticed that season three is the most uh, most viewed. Oh, I wonder uh, why. Because season three is so goddamn good. Okay. Anyway, season six. Of season this six dumb show. was terrible. Was terrible. Was terrible. Bad. Terrible. The what really frustrated me about it is that they had so much to cover, and yet they wasted so much time. Like just unnecessary scenes and conversations that went absolutely nowhere and then Mm -hmm. repeating those same scenes over again as someone just reporting their day to another character yep it was insane like i love young ian love young ian i love the guy who plays him it's fantastic but his whole episode was so unnecessary mm-hmm. if you look at the full arc of the season like i know that this season was cut short because katrina balf was pregnant and they lost four episodes because of that because you could tell by episode six that okay they're trying to hide her bump clearly because she's supposed to be sick with fever and unrecognizable as a corpse but you can see her baby bump under the bed and she's Um, freaking glowing (laughs) and she's glowing and her face is actually quite puffy and swollen because she's got a parasite inside of her sucking her youth away um but (laughs) i was just like this it was so uneven Mm -hmm. that it was unwatchable and also what i really like about outlander like seasons one two three especially is that the writing is fantastic the way in which characters Mm -hmm. speak to each other the conversations they have are so layered and unexpected and this season felt so glib and so trite and so hollow that I was like, I don't, I don't care. Like I fast forwarded many times because I just like, I couldn't have cared less. And the conversations didn't matter. Mm-hmm. It was so disappointing. It was. And I think the other, I think one of the things that was the most disappointing to me was like the secondary characters that featured so heavily in this. Like there's... They've already, they had already decided, I think, that season eight was probably going to be the last season anyway, because, like, she's got at least one more book to write, and she's never going to finish it, I'm sure, so this is, like, a, yeah. this is, like, a Game of Thrones thing, or she'll finish it, but by the time she finishes it, like, it doesn't matter anymore, and, like, with this yeah. kind of show, I don't think you want it to end with either Jamie or Claire dying. I think it'll end with 
that, though. I think so, but I don't think you want it to end yeah. with them dying, like, the way that it's likely going to go in the books, right? And so, like... Yes. I feel So I feel like it's ending it at season eight is the plan. They just finished filming season seven, and so they've got one more season. But I think part of the problem with this season, they've had really good secondary characters in the past, right? Like, mm-hmm. And I think that's where this season really falls off. Because in other seasons where you have, like, Jocasta, and you've got, um, like, even when they're back in Scotland. Murta. And, and Murta, and, and yeah. Ian, and Jenny, and, like, all of that. There's good secondary characters. And then Stephen Bonnet is, like, the perfect villain. And I know he had to die because it made sense and it was a good arc and whatever. But, like, when you go from those secondary characters to the secondary characters we see this season, it's really hard, I think, to keep that same quality Mm -hmm. of storytelling because the characters that you have just aren't as robust. Well, and they're not... There's nothing really interesting or sympathetic or compelling about them whatsoever. Like, and they also do the established characters so dirty. Like, Fergus's four episodes of being an abusive drunk Mm -hmm. who then tries to redeem himself by trying to commit suicide. And then Jamie sends him away to New Bern to be a a printer. Mm Mm-hmm. That, like, I'm sending him away to be a printer scene comes so out of the blue and is like, okay, there's no, there's no real redemption for him whatsoever. He's just taking his problems and his family to a different place. Like, how is that redemption? And also, Claire's been noticing that freaking Marsley's bruised and mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, well, Fergus is still at the still drinking the whiskey. It's like, I'm sorry, you consider him your son mm-hmm. and you're okay with him acting like this, Jamie? Are you shitting me? It's not, to me, it's not even Jamie that's the problem there. I think it's Claire. Because, I mean, Jamie's the problem too. Jamie's the problem for a lot of reasons. But um, I think it's more problematic that Claire is noticing these things because of the fact that she comes from a different time period. And like can recognize that differently and doesn't really do anything about it, right? Doesn't do anything. She's like, like, it's it's interesting because in the books, I don't think it happens. I mean, I haven't read these books in a while, um, but I don't think she has like, in the books anyway, I don't think Claire regresses the way that the show is making her regress into like this like 18th century wife. Whereas in the in the book yes. she's still like quite strong willed and, and and you know like kind of high spirited and still very much like a twentieth century woman living in the eighteenth century. Right, but they the, that's what bugs me is that they the show tries to have it both ways, where she's like you know in this season she reproduces ether. Everybody's like everybody's having a fucking tough time from last season, in this season like she's abusing ether to sleep because she's got ptsd from her horrific experience mm-hmm. marcelie's going through the shit fergus is going through the shit like it is it's messed up and people are really suffering and yet nobody notices or cares like you're telling me jamie doesn't notice his wife's going downstairs in the middle of the night taking drugs and not waking up for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. Mm -hmm. Like, come on. That was really, really dumb. Well, and I think too, just... So they've got, yeah. The eight eight episodes. They're trying to do it both ways. Yeah, and the eight episodes really handcuff them. 
in that Totally, respect. but that's what I mean. Like, wasting time, yeah. though. Like, making Jamie go... They talk all this shit in the first episode about, like, oh, tell me again what... <laughs> oh, also, something really funny is I watched a couple episodes with Chris next to me while he's, like checking labs and shit for patients and he kept thinking that jamie was saying sassafras (laughs) (laughs) and i was like he kept trying to say it to me and i was like what are you like i didn't get it i was like what are you saying to me right now (laughs) Uh, anyway but they set up all this stuff at the start of the season where Jamie's trying to talk to Roger and trying to talk to Bree and trying to talk to Claire about like, okay, the war is happening. They mentioned the Boston Tea Party in the first few episodes. Nothing comes of this. Mm-hmm. Nothing comes of this except Jamie goes to a Congress meeting and they kick him out because they think he's a rapist. Mm-hmm. That is such a convenient storytelling mm-hmm. device. Yep, it is. That there's no way that that story reached all the way. Okay, we need to come back and talk about Melba yeah. and this whole shit. But don't make that, like, the whole symbolism of the end of the season was the gathering storm, blah, 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 blah. It's all about, like, being in this moment in history and interacting with these figures. And they don't do anything mm-hmm. with it. I was so disappointed. Other than that Fiona McDonald thing, which was... Not even half an episode. Jacosta's there for a fucking blink and you miss her appearance. And even so, she's handcuffed, too, by this awful Mm -hmm. book. It was so disappointing. Like, where's the richness of season one and season two and season three where they're interacting with these historical figures, putting them Mm -hmm. in the time... And now it's devolved into these petty ridge mm-hmm. disputes with evil stepchildren. Which, like, <laughs> I mean, I think that some of those things are, are important, like, in that it shows that while all this other nonsense is taking place, and I guess I'm calling the American Revolution nonsense, um, <laughs> yeah, Fucking but while all me. this is taking place, that there's still, like, these little, like, you know, this little shit that they have to deal with back on their land with the people that live there and stuff that they they, they can't like just be fighting the good fight they have to be doing this other stuff as well i think that's actually important but i don't think they do it well no they don't do it well because they they focus too much on the petty stuff like the only glimpses that you get are god that fucking abortion Mm -hmm. of a last episode which we'll get to in a minute where they're trying to find a court to fucking kangaroo court Claire for witchcraft and everybody's closed because there's, you know, essentially like barristers and shit are quitting or leaving town because of whether the town approves of or disapproves of the rebellion, yada, 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 yada. Like it's all in the background, but it's not adding any richness to mm-hmm. the story. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing, is too, so is, like, he's got all this stuff. And, like, I think Tom Christie could be, uh, could have been, like, a really good villain. But I think they Absolutely. They did, but they're also... <sighs> they did. But even when I was... Because I thought I hadn't read this book. And then I was like, what the fuck is happening? I'm just going to read the summary. 
on like wiki like the fandom mm-hmm. wiki and i was like oh no i remember all this because this is the season which was a fantastic moment and i'm glad they got to it in the show where uh gems uh paternity is finally yeah resolved we'll get to that in a second but so i had read this book i think it was the last one i read in full because i was so upset about it um and it was oh no i've forgotten where i was going with it oh no 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 sorry about tom christie and i actually appreciated how of all the characters that we've seen so far in this season he actually is having quite the arc like he's so i think i texted you like he needs to shut the fuck up in that first episode he's so pious and he's so perfect and the lord this the lord that you have you've got Mm -hmm. this wonderful house jamie but you don't have a church like you put your own house before god blah 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 and then it felt like he and claire started to have a sort of understanding or kinship at least and then they just cut this season so short with the end where you actually should have resolved what the fuck happened with malva what the fuck was claire sick with because her and tom's illness was not the same Mm -hmm. as everyone else and they like i would say gave that a passing reference really and then why is any of this important yeah that's yeah you know like if we're talking if we're talking about like this being historical fiction why does any of this matter yeah, that's a fair point. Because, like, if you're not... If it's historical fiction, but you're not really putting it in the context of the history. Which, yes. in the other seasons, it has been yes. the main point. Is to write a story of, you know, the, the Scottish Highlanders and, and sympathize them and demonize the British, mm-hmm. you know, rightfully so. Talk about the, you know, the lavish disgusting aspects of the french Uh aristocracy like there's 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 legitimate historical commentary happening in these books regardless of it being fiction whereas here it's just like well what's really interesting as you're talking about this i went on just onto wikipedia and i was just curious and so this book was published in 2005 fuck she takes a long time to write um the plot summary for Breath of Snow and Ashes oh, is, like, joke. four sentences long. Um, yeah, it's a total joke. Yeah. And it's, like, 1,400 pages. And then the next one, An Echo in the Bone, has, like, a normal plot summary. And then the book eight has a normal length. Well, it's a little bit short, but it's more than four sentences. Um, and then the, nobody's done the wiki for the most recent one. But whatever. But it's interesting that the book six that this season is based on obviously is not was not super well-received, or not well-liked. It was well-received, but not well-liked. Yeah. I think there's there's trying to do too much. Which is unfortunate. Because, like, she could have done whatever she wanted. She could have put fucking Jamie Mm -hmm. right there. In the thick of it. With the rebellion. And yet decided to go this route instead. It's a really fat... I would love to see some sort of article written on 
Diana's view of women because it seems like she really likes Claire. She really likes Brie. She really likes Marsley. She really mm-hmm. likes Jenny. But then she writes these villainous female characters like Malva, like Leary. Mm-hmm. And they're almost worse than the men in some they're, ways. Like, to, yeah, the, to me, they're like almost caricatures of what women should be. Yes, absolutely. Like, I can understand a Black Jack Randall as someone who is not far off of, you know, a commander of British forces Uh at that time. But this, like, the way that she writes Malva just really ticked me off. And the way that the show portrayed Claire's how does Claire not have suspicion of everyone I know how this is what I'm saying is she has like devolved from who she was um, yes at the beginning and has changed into this like she's not quite the complacent like 18th century wife right But she's so much less Mm -hmm. the Claire that everyone was suspicious of at first than she could have been. Right? Like, yeah, so that's... totally. Like, the way that they just sat down and took these accusations about Jamie fathering Malva's unborn child... And Claire being a witch and all of these things. I was just like, what has happened between you two? Like, there was little to no defense. Even Roger and Bree just, like, walking back into the house and closing the door. I was like, you, these people are your tenants. Like, you chose these people personally because you had established relationships with them in Scotland. You've built them homes you know them all by name. You know their families. You support them. You ostensibly love them. And yet, they turn on mm-hmm. you this fast? It was astonishing. I couldn't believe that they just took Malva's words as gospel and totally flipped a switch on Claire and Jamie after everything they've done I for know. them unbelievable and i mean and it's i think that was a better comment on like sort of how women are still viewed in that time period regardless of you know their utility in their communities and all these kind of things i think i think that's much more common totally. like you know that no one believed the women no one believed women anyway um but like mm-hmm. yeah it was yeah it was re- it was absolutely remarkable that all of a sudden all these people turn on turn on them when like basically if it wasn't for Jamie and Claire nobody on the ridge would have a place to live. No. And it sounds like wouldn't be alive based on the hardships that they talk about or like, you know, the famines in Scotland, Ireland, and like, it's, it's insane to have those episodes back to back with like the quarter day when everyone's talking about their abundant crops and they're so happy they can sell extra and they don't have to you know return that to Jamie that's just for them and like they're so happy to have some more to the community and then two episodes later they're literally Mm -hmm. trying to stone Claire to death 
It's nuts. Yeah, it's a yeah. It, it's it's a bad season in its execution, and I think it's it reminds me a lot actually of like the Friday Night Lights second season that was cut short by the writers' strike. Because it kind of feels like oh, they yeah. had a plan, and then Katrina got pregnant, and they were like, "Well, we're not going to be able to execute the plan." Basically, because she's not going to make it through filming 12 episodes or whatever. So then they like were like, okay, well, what do we cut? And it feels like what they cut probably wasn't necessary either. But they could have done like a tight six on this one instead of eight. A hundred percent. Totally. And that's what really ticked me off is that even though they had less, which is totally understandable, like you're trying to you know, create a story. And at some point, like, that's going to be really difficult for Katrina to to participate in because it's just going to be so obvious. There's only so much that, you know, costuming and framing can do. But why have so many scenes of Claire and Malva talking about nothing except for Malva's just, like... It's, it was mm-hmm. the same scene over and over. It drove me nuts. She was just like, wow, that's incredible. You're so smart. You're so intelligent. But my father would mm-hmm. never say so. He'd say you're a witch. And Claire's mm-hmm. like, yeah. oh, Tom. End scene. Next episode. Same fucking scene again. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, what is going on? What is the point of these? With introducing the Christie's. And- because obviously, like Tom Christie's from back when mm-hmm. he was an Ardsmere and whatever, and it's like that notion of like you can't really escape your past as much. They could have done a way better job with him yeah. being there, and and it could have caused so much more turmoil for yes. Jamie and not so much for um, for Claire. Totally. But also, they they repeated multiple scenes with Jamie and Claire. Where Jamie is just like, Claire, what is going on with you? And she's like, I feel guilty, okay? Mm-hmm. Bray wouldn't be here. Roger wouldn't be here. Nobody would be here if I didn't love you so much. Cry, cry, cry. Mm-hmm. And the next episode is the same goddamn scene. I was just like, what? What are we trying to accomplish here? And then to end the season with them split up mm-hmm. in physical geography with no resolution whatsoever it's not even a mid-season break it's just a hard cut with claire in a prison cell i was just like what the fuck and jamie being rescued but like Mm -hmm. to what end yeah it was very so frustrating and i and i think like i know what's coming i don't know and i'm sure like you know what's coming you read the books so, like, so you know what's coming. And so, you know, like, uh, hopefully it should yeah. be better next season. But it was just, it, it, this one does feel like, you're right, it's not a mid-season break. It just ended. And there's no, like... Yes. There's no resolution. So they're going to have to spend at least an episode in season seven finishing up the stuff from season six that they didn't deal with. At least, like, at least, like, we, okay, so this is going to be spoilers for season seven, because the book resolves this, but the season did not, because if I recall correctly, isn't Tom the one who killed Malva? Yes. 
And wasn't her brother? Yes. Like yes, because it's sort of her? there's like and it, there's a weird implication in the se- in the season too, that there's these things happening, but it's sort of meant to make you think that it's Tom, but it's not. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's her yes. brother. Yes. And so, Tom has killed his daughter. Left the body in Claire's garden. She tries to rescue the baby because it's still mm-hmm. moving. Malva's, like, just died. The baby's obviously not going to make it, and Claire's an insane person for attempting to mm-hmm. try, but we know that she has to try. Um, and then Tom is just allowing these accusations to be hurled against Claire and Jamie, for which, at this point, he pretty much owes them his life mm-hmm. and freedom and health. After everything that's happened on the ridge. And he, to this fucking... Oh, the Committee of Safety. Oh, my God, the Committee of Safety. Um, he says, I'm going to go with you to guarantee mm-hmm. your safety. Again, to what end? Is he going to go to the court and say, Actually, sir, she's not a witch. And she didn't mm-hmm. kill my daughter. I did? Is that his purpose in being there? Like... He's someone who believes mm-hmm. so wholeheartedly, we hear, of justice before God, and yet he's allowing yeah. this well, injustice and, and to happen. Also, in the book, if I remember correctly, again, it's been a while since I've read um, <clears throat> read this, don't... Oh, I'm just trying to think here. So, they go... Malvin says that Jamie is the father of her child, and this is what causes all of the nonsense. Um... But don't, isn't 1776 the year that the house is supposed to have burned down? And yes. And I think in the book yes, it does they do which is how obviously that. we get more books, right? So like they didn't die in the house fire like Brianna saw, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yes, it is, it is Mava's brother who was responsible, who was the father of her child, basically. Um, if the... If oh. the book, if if I, if I remember correctly from the book, no, it was ahead. her brother. Um, yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought so. But she's also like she had sex with Ian. She had sex with that Henderson dude. But in like, so in the in the book though, she's Ian out kills there, Alex. which is fine. Whatever. Yes, yes, but in the show, which is yes, totally fine, and I do it totally makes that. sense for the way that which that is works. Fine. Um, but yeah, there's something like. Yeah, the way that this, they, they, I'm just looking at the the timeline in like the fandom wiki, and they left so much stuff out, because at the end, at the end of the book, totally. Um, yes, the house is being burglarized. He demands the, the gemstones, the and then they like tear the house apart or whatever, and then he finds something in uh, Mrs. Yeah. Bug's basket, um, and then they break the glass containing all the ether. And that's how the house goes up. Because Ian lights a match and the house goes up yeah. in flames. And oh, and then, then it, like, um, explodes. Yeah. Claire and Jamie decide, well, Jamie just says that they're going to go back to Scotland. So, which, like, goes back to my further point. Like, when they go to New Bern for that one, I don't, or was it Cross Creek? Cross Creek. I where they go to the Flora McDonald thing. I don't know. Wherever they go. Um, I don't know. I don't think it was it Wellington. 
I, I don't, whatever. They, it's supposed to be. Wendigo Donner. What's yeah. his name? Like his act, is it Wendigo? Yeah. The Donner Party, yes. Donner, right. Like the Donner Party. He's another time traveler from the future here to like. Yes, because get in justice for in the book, Native Brianna Americans hears him whistling "Yellow Submarine." This period, right? And that's how she, but that, and that's how in the book how she. Yes, figures but out in the show, a, yeah. they have. He's from the future, yeah. But in the show, mm-hmm. they have him whistling mm-hmm. "Yankee Doodle" in the jail cell after Flora's like, "Oh yes, we were burglared." last night and someone took the emerald from my necklace and then you hear nothing about that until you hear someone whistling in a jail cell and nothing mm-hmm. nothing that's the end of the story mm-hmm. and you're like what the fuck does this mean like if for a casual viewer and obviously i'm not a casual viewer i'm fucking furious and i'd be furious if i was a casual viewer because like you can't mm-hmm. set things up like that and then wait two mm-hmm. years for them to mean anything. Like, if that's if that's the case with Katrina, cut it all out. Don't have the Flora McDonald thing. Instead, have him go to the Congress. Like, why? Like, you don't have to. You can play with the yeah. timelines as yeah. much as you want. I agree. It's just, I agree. yeah. It's... it's well, and so frustrating. Go from so frustrating one, to watch. Two and three, which I think we agree that three is probably the best of them. Um, and then, I mean, over a run of a show, things yeah. are going to like you know the quality of stuff is going to decline and whatever. It's you're not going to have bangers every time. But they just left so much out of this while also having all this like really dumb extraneous stuff in it. I think that's really the problem, is it's not that they've left yes. stuff out. It's that the stuff that they put in was useless. Like, one of the things, Stephen Bonnet doesn't get killed until this book. Which, so yeah, somewhere in, this yeah, book, in like yeah, probably the last the like, end quarter of, this of the book, book which would have allowed to use him as a villain through this season as well. And you can write a new story for him. He doesn't have to do all the same things mm-hmm. that Stephen Bonnet does in the books. And you can add stuff and just make him that smarmy motherfucker that he was. But he would have been a, a really good foil to all of this stuff. Yeah. Even running like a parallel storyline, essentially. Um, I think that that was, that there's, there were things they could have done Absolutely. ultimately. And still had him, you know, because he was still sentenced to death by drowning and Breek still could have shot him in the head and whatever, whatever, been done with it. But it could have happened this season. And I feel like that might have taken away some of the weird filler that was here. Yes, and it would have been more of a underlying tension and conflict that the Committee of Safety is. Like, even, like, Jamie takes that job because he doesn't want the people in the Committee Mm -hmm. of Safety to have it, and Mm -hmm. he quits the next episode. And he's like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, it's against my conscience like i'm gonna side with the rebels and i don't want to have to choose if i'm fighting like essentially fighting ian because he's like i don't know what side i'm gonna be on either and and it's just like there's no there's no conflict with that whatsoever it's just gone right like it's just problem done problem done to really no 
effect other than just this deus ex machina at the end where they're like, we're just going to save you from being sold to slavery, I think? Yeah, well... And being put on a yeah. ship back to Scotland? Yeah. Like, what the fuck was that about? Yeah, it's just... And it feels like, in a way, it kind of feels like a story that, like, a kid in grade five would write. Where just all these things happen, but they never finish the, like... <laughs> yes. They never finish the arc for any of them. Yeah, it's like, and then... And then the guy with one hand gets really drunk all the time and he gets sent away and then the guy that's also kind of an indian he has a really sad backstory and i'm going to tell you it and then there's a new hot chick and she's having sex with people and then she fucking says she's pregnant and then she dies yeah. <laughs> like that's yeah, the tone basically, of the it's story. just yeah it's a bunch of like this happened oh. and then this happened and then this happened um but then it does there's nothing resolved it's like well who killed her i don't know Okay. And at, at at the end, it's like, does it even matter? Because the point that we're supposed to be connected to as viewers is Claire and Jamie's love, right? That's what this is all mm-hmm. about. They're, you know, star-crossed lovers, as it were. And even the end of the season doesn't even have them connected in any way. They're ripped apart. And you're like, okay, so like... It's so formulaic that you're like, well, obviously, last minute, they're going to save her, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, at this point, it's been done so many times before in the show and the books. You're like, why should I care? That's a very, that's a very fair point. It's just, it's so repetitive. Like, how many scrapes can she get into and be saved by also, him? Also, knowing that there's going to be more makes it really hard to, like, worry about the stakes. Totally. To- the stakes are so low. The way that this is going, like, I will, like, like you said before, I will imagine that one of them will probably die and that'll be how it ends. But, like, it's yeah. going to be in the last episode or second last episode. Like, it's not going to be... Mm-hmm. You know, it won't be the first episode of season eight and then, like, you know, Claire on, like, a rampage or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be... So- <laughs> I'm just assuming... I- she burns the house down. I'm just assuming Jamie's going to do something very <laughs> stupid that finally gets him killed. Um, yeah. But, like, you know, it's not going to be that kind of situation, right? It's going to be, at the very, very end, this, like, you know, decades-long love story finally finishes. Totally. And I mean, obviously it's going to be Jamie because the fucking ghost was like outside the window. So, you know. I know. And like we've, that's been hashed out. Yeah. A lot. And then whatever it is. Um, and, and it's fine that that's how it's going to end. But knowing that now, especially that there's two more seasons, I know that whatever mm-hmm. happens next season, the stakes aren't super, super high because they'll make it through to season eight. Absolutely. And like the, that's what it, that's what I mean. Like in terms of the underlying conflict, like, the historical stuff would be so much more compelling because you've got a framework, at least for people to understand timelines and yada, 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 but at least had some interest to be like, oh, like, you know, they could cast someone as Benjamin Franklin. That would be neat. Mm -hmm. Like, Bree said she's always wanted to meet him. Like, fucking put that together, Diana, you know? Like, yeah, you're the one planting all these seeds and not following through. But the one positive I will say, <laughs> this has just been me yelling for an hour. I'm so sorry. No, this is fine. I love it. 
Um, the one thing that I'm so glad they fit in was when Jemmy has lice and gets his hair cut. Mm-hmm. And he's got the same birthmark that Roger does. And it's just, like, such a cute moment. You and I had texted about this, about how, like, Roger's character gets so much richer and so much better as time goes on, mm-hmm. where I feel like Bree is very flat. And even Claire and Jamie are quite flat like you know exactly everything you need to know about them in season one sort of thing um but roger really goes through a lot of change and he has done so much work and so much on his like own understanding of family like he was adopted by the reverend and like it didn't matter to him that jemmy may not have actually been his and to see him like really get that full circle moment was really nice and i'm glad it was just like one nice thing Mm -hmm. it was basically the only nice thing that happened this season the only nice thing it felt a lot like in the same way that the last season of the last kingdom was just so bleak and there was like three funny things that happened all season this felt a lot the same Mm-hmm. in that like when is this because i mean there's, there it was like even the cla- like the weather it was cloudy and rainy and blustery and like you know you don't yeah. have like some of those you know, like not that it matters but the mood and the tone of what you see and that's again i think one of the reasons why season three is so good because it's in the sun and yes, it's bright totally. and it's and you've got all these different locales yeah. too like yeah that's... whereas this is very static in that respect yeah a lot of it is just in the house or at the church or at the Christie's or it's like, it's very utilitarian. Yeah. It's like life. 90% on the ridge and a little bit elsewhere. Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask you, how did you feel about this device of Claire imagining, what was his name? Lionel? Lionel? Yeah. You know, yeah. The dude who kidnapped her. Yeah. I th- think Lionel. Yada. Yeah. I think that's his name. Like, how did you feel about this device of her, like, hallucinating him, essentially, with her PTSD and feeling as if he was, like, physically haunting her? I mean... And her needing to use ether to take the edge off. So, I think... Okay, so I think that her needing to use the ether needed to be better explained. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the hallucinations and that... I think that gives it sort of a justification, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was kind of... It wasn't super well executed, but I do think that they what they tried to do there is show us that, like, Claire is not always strong and doesn't always mm-hmm. have the answers and isn't mm-hmm. always able to, like, problem-solve for other people because sometimes she really just needs to look after herself. Um Totally. And she's not. And she's not. And so I think that part of it, I think, was good in a way, because I think it allowed, I think it allowed Jamie a little bit to see, like, that she's not okay all the time. Yeah. And I did like that scene of him saying to her, like, you brought me back from the brink so many times, you have to let me in so that I can do the same for Mm -hmm. you. Which I thought was 
pretty nice but also like you live with this woman how are you not noticing i mean he's kind of how are you not noticing that she's abusing ether and fergus is a drunk fucking mess all the time well i think i think the problem with jamie is i think that he's just got too many things like there's just so many things going on that he's trying to be like the leader for everybody there and in doing so is basically Mm -hmm. neglecting everyone yeah like i think that's the real fundamental problem I thought the house standoff was laughable. I thought it was so dumb. They're just going to get all these guns and they're just going to shoot and destroy their beautiful home over the committee of safety. Like, it just felt... Yeah. It just felt so out of character for them. Yeah, and I think, yeah, it was, that was also, I mean, it's kind of what happens, sort of how it happens in the book-ish, you know? But, like, yeah, they're just Mm -hmm. so, they're so irrationally upset. Because nobody stops Mm -hmm. to think for five fucking seconds that, like, "Mm, Jamie would not have done that. Right? Like, nobody stops to think at all that, like, oh, that's probably not true. Maybe we should Mm -hmm. question this again. And I feel like that's Push the problem. Back a yeah. little bit more or just like on ask a question or two, maybe. Uh, or maybe yeah. or Roger going to the church and being like, "Actually, I saw her fucking Henderson," mm-hmm. and Ian being like, "I got it up on that mm-hmm. too." And if she is going to deny that right now, I think we've got our answer about whether her word is fact because this is absurd. Well, and I mean, I'm I'm not advocating for like you know the. To, for women to be like pilloried or whatever but perhaps maybe they could have said to tom christie what the fuck are you letting your daughter do like you totally. know there in that patriarchal society just... that should have been part of the question and part of the blame should have been like hold up tom this seems strange mm-hmm. how come you're letting your daughter out of the house this often and you know all this kind of stuff totally and even it was shocking how, like, Miss Bug and Mr. Bug turn on them, mm-hmm. too. And I'm like, they have been loyal members of their household they, for years and years and years. And they believe They have, this? but don't forget, though, that the way that in the book that turns out is that you we learn that Arch was the one who stole Jocasta's gold. <gasps> yeah. No. Yeah, that's in the book. So I wonder, spoilers, what? I guess, potentially, I wonder if part of that then, because yes, he admits that he was the masked man who got one third of that gold that was intended for the rebellion. So I wonder if that's going to be part of the next season. And that's one of the reasons why the bugs kind of turn on What them. the fuck is he doing as a house servant oh, because then? He got, out, he got out, basically, right? Like, Jamie got him out. Right? Oh, yeah. But yeah, so, so we learn, and that's like right at the end of the book. It's like, it's, that's something that happens right right at the end of the oh, book. So I wonder okay. if that's going to get tied into next season, and that'll be part of the like, you know, we'll learn a little bit about why maybe the bugs kind of turned on them. See, this is the weakness of having everything set in the Americas because none of the shit would have happened with Jen <laughs> in the household and with Ned fucking no, Gowan. None. Okay. No. No. When she was being carted off in that thing, I was like, where the fuck is Ned? Where the fuck is Ned for some 
solid, cool, calm, collected lawyering mm-hmm. right now. I'm sure he's been long dead for 30 years, but he I don't his, care. His Resurrect ghost would be there. Guaranteed. Yes. And Jenny, Jenny, my God, she would have burned a village down. She would have burned down that committee of safety yeah. In many the a church. time by now. She, yeah. Mm-hmm. She would have done it. She would have weighed, she would have weighed the, weighed the consequences and she would have absolutely burned the church down with the committee of safety in it. God, I hope they bring her back next year for when they eventually go back um, to Scotland. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how all of those things uh, shake down. They never put in a scene of Brie seeing Jenny, no. did they? No, because that happens in the book. She goes. Oh, she it. goes, and that's why her and Roger have that big fucking fight because um, she goes to scotland first and he doesn't Mm -hmm. and then they have Mm -hmm. that big fight and then she like and that's why at the end of the fourth book when they finally reconcile and they like walk down to the gathering and she's like you know tell them the mackenzies are here that's such like a huge poignant moment Mm -hmm. because they were they they were on the outs for a large part of part of that that book and they didn't include any of that a long time no I need to reread that book just to have that scene. Also, I was going to say that I think this season really suffered. I haven't loved this device in other seasons, but I think this one in particular really suffered from the lack of Claire voiceover. Yeah. I think it would have provided a lot more structure and just a bit more purpose. Uh For a viewer to be like, okay, this is why she's having this conversation. This is what she's feeling. Or even Jamie's, you know, they've done that before where Jamie gets a a voiceover here or there. Like it, I think it would have really added to the mess of this Mm -hmm. season in a much more positive kind of linear direction. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Because <gasps> if I'm, I'm think, trying to think too, I think the next book starts back in the 20th century with Brienne and Roger back in modern times. As a flashback? No, or they went back. Because they go the, because their the, baby's yeah, heart. Yeah, yeah, they go back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So there's like, there's so much that has to happen yeah. in this season before. It even catches up with those events in the next book. It's like, it's Well, according according to this fandom wiki, (laughs) and this is correct, I'd forgotten about this, Stephen Bonnet doesn't actually get executed until, like, he gets executed in in, uh, July of 1776. Um, Yeah, and so this novel, then the the novel, the seventh one starts um, in 1777. See what I mean? Like, they're trying to insert these historical things but like give me Mm -hmm. a timeline Mm -hmm. you know like they talk about she mentions the boston tea party and commander mcdonald's like oh you've heard of it it's just like claire you should be better Mm -hmm. at this by now yeah (laughs) absolutely you can't just mention historical events by their future historical name in front of people in the time like good lord yeah 
yeah, there's there's lots of issues. I hope the next. I like the seventh book better than I like the sixth book, so I hope the next season is better. But like you yeah. say, there's some catch up I, that they're gonna have to I do agree. to get there. A lot of catch, like four episodes yeah. of catch up. If this season was supposed to be twelve, mm-hmm. and they got eight, like based on where mm-hmm. they got and how slow it was going, like they've got so much to do. It's crazy. At least Jamie didn't fucking get bit by a snake this season. Yeah. Well, maybe. Or did he? We'll never know. That was the part that they never aired. Um. <laughs> oh, no. I meant, like, symbolically oh, well, with Malva. <laughs> that sounds a lot like the Crucible, though, with freaking <laughs> Abigail and John Proctor. I'm gonna... Ugh. Yeah. Uh, I would say on a scale Ugh. of... But it is my I name! Love that place so much. I can't wait to teach it this year. Um, on a scale of, uh, one standing stone to five, I say this one's like a three. This season's like a three. Oh, I'd say less. I'd say literally one. Okay. There's, I think, two moments that I thought were valuable, character-driven, like, emotional things. Everything else was just noise. I was so disappointed. You know what one event it happens in the next book that hopefully we get to see is when Jamie's son realizes that Jamie's his father. Willie. Yeah. Cuz he's Ooh. like an adult now, right? That's true. That's yeah. true. That'll so hopefully be that happens. That'll be fun. Because yeah, also in that, they in that meet, book too don't there's they? yeah, they do. Well, they I they, I mean they, they've met before obviously, but it's at the end where Jamie has to take Lord John hostage or pretend to. Right. The, the redcoats are on his are on his trail, and then William sees Jamie and realizes that the family resemblance is so strong. And it's like, oh, you're my dad. Yeah. Oh my god. I can't. Jamie does such stupid shit. I'm just gonna um, take. And Lord John yeah. was probably like, oh, I'm close oh, to you. And Claire remarries in the next season, in the next book too, because everyone thinks that Jamie's dead. And like she's—I can't remember—but he goes back to Philadelphia because he's in. Like he goes and Claire and Young Ian go back to America, and Jamie goes back. Um, he he stays in Scotland to wait for Ian and Jenny, and then I think Ian dies. Oh, but that's in book seven. Him. In book seven, yeah, 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 so yeah. I do, I have I have no no confidence that they're going to get to all that next season. <laughs> No, but, but I mean, Claire marries Lord John because Lord John protects her. Like yes. he's, it's not, yes, it's not right. because she's like in love with anyone. He marries her for protection. Right. Um, I, it's coming back to me now. But he marries her for protection because he's in love with Jamie. So. I mean, if you're both beards for Jamie, how does anyone lose, you know? <laughs> but yeah, so that, and then Jamie gets back to Philadelphia after all the things have gone down and learns that Claire is married. And then tries to go and rescue her from him, or reclaim her, quote unquote, from Lord John, and then has to take him hostage to escape the Redcoats. <laughs> yeah. Mm, ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, they're going to get to, like, none of that, which is unfortunate, because all the good stuff in the seventh book is near the end. Like, in the last third, probably. Totally. Totally. And, the, and unfortunately, Diana's editor, editor has not been harsh with her. <laughs> yeah, no. No, to true. trim rape storylines in the past and they won't happen in the future either it's true um okay so that's outlander go watch it 
It's great. Great interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go watch it. What a glowing recommendation. After we spent basically 45 minutes being like, this season fucking sucked. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. Do we have, like, questions? I'm too mad to talk about books. <laughs> um, okay. No, that's fine. Um, do I have any questions? I don't know. Maybe. Give me a sec. Um, where did I put them? One of the things that we do on our hockey podcast, which we can do here if you would like, um, it started, uh, it was Steve's idea to do what he called uh, deeply inappropriate personal questions. Um, they've never really oh. ended up like that inappropriate. Um, but we always ask at the end of, like, at the end of our show, each one of us asks a question, and then everyone has to answer mm -hmm. it, and it's always fun. Mm -hmm. Um, so, like, sometimes there'll be, like, serious-ish questions, you know, uh, and other times it'll be, like, not-so-serious questions. Like, um, if you were suddenly, uh, woke up one morning and you were in, like, a male body, what is the first thing that you would do? Oh. Um. I mean, just, like leave the house <laughs> <laughs> so last night Riva and I were talking uh we went to the symphony after convention it was a very long day and then my dad bless his heart came and picked us up um because there's been some things going on downtown Edmonton that aren't great and I didn't want to wait for the train uh or a bus in the dark I just didn't um and we were kind of talking about like how men just like don't know don't understand some of those things Mm -hmm. what it's like and yeah like that's a that's a fair question honestly if i would I, the first thing i would do i would like put on some nice ish clothes and walk into my principal's office and be like listen this is the job that i want i'm gonna do it and just make oh, it happen fantastic love like that. that's what i would do because i'm so tired of like the mediocrity around me and i feel like i mean i could do that anyway i think um but uh, with my principal that I have right now, I think I could probably get away with that. Um, but I just, I think I could do it with just about any supervisor and be like, this is what I'm going to do. And I wouldn't have to justify my choice. Totally. That would be, I think that's great. Use it for, you know, use your evil power for good yeah, so as no male has <laughs> ever done. <laughs> do you know what's really funny speaking? My dad, every once in a while, he'll say something like, my dad's pretty good about stuff and like in 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 my lifetime he has changed a lot in like the way that he sort of sees the world and like in my eyes like in a positive way uh and we were talking at dinner not that long ago about something and he says well don't you think it's you know it's men's turn to do this thing and I just I fixed him with a look that like I think probably broke a glass in the cabinet behind him um and he was like I know I know he's like we've been screwing it up for hundreds of years I was just seeing what you would say <laughs> and I was like thanks dad <laughs> that's really cute actually yeah it's like it's interesting because yeah he's very like yeah okay I have a question for you if you could share a meal with any four individuals, living or dead, who would they be? I feel like we've done this before. Have we? I feel like we have. Um, living or dead, um, my grandmother, um, Queen Elizabeth, 
Diana. Oh. Just get them in a room together. I think that would be fine, actually. <laughs> and how many? Four. four? Um. Ooh, this is a good one. Wait, is it living, living or, dead, or dead or just dead? Living or dead. Mm. Who's the fourth I wanted this table? Idris Elba. <laughs> Just really throw my grandma for a loop. I feel like <laughs> the fireworks between Diana and Idris Elba would be just a treat for everybody oh, in God. the room. Absolutely. It would be off the charts. Yeah, I think that would be... I think that would be really great. Um, so, your... based on your answers, my answer would actually be... I have a different one, but based on what you said, as soon as you said Queen Elizabeth, I was like, mm, okay, Queen Elizabeth... And Claire Foy, and Olivia Coleman. <gasps> um, and who played her? Just now, what's her face? Oh, what's her name? Yes, Umbridge. You know, Imelda Staunton. Imelda, I think yeah. that would be fascinating. Not Helen Mirren. I mean, yes, but I'm just seeing from the show, right? Like, just that they've got these three iterations okay, from the fair, show. If fair, I can fair, only fair. have four, if I could have more, I would have absolutely uh, Helen Mirren as well. But I just mm-hmm. think that that would be so fun. To, oh my god, no. Back it up. Do fucking Margaret. <laughs> Do all the women who played that Margaret. That would be that incredible, would be I think. And I mean, could I throw like Margaret Thatcher and Gillian Anderson in there too? Sure. Why not? Margaret Thatcher wouldn't be allowed to speak though. She could just eat. Ugh. Um, but for real, for real, real, my grandpa. Um, mm-hmm. That would be nice. Um... My answers are not as thoughtful as yours, I don't think. Um, I mean, mine weren't that thoughtful, Megan. One of them is Idris Elba. I would like to have my grandpa. I'd also like to have my grandma, my dad's mom. Actually, no, both of my grandpas, because I never met the one grandpa. I would like to have him there. That would be nice. Um, And then... I'm going to invite them to my dinner and not invite you. All right. (laughs) Tell me me what my dad's dad's like then, please. (laughs) Because I have no idea. Um... (laughs) Uh, and then I think, um, I think Jimmy Carter would be an interesting person to have a dinner with. Maybe not like uh-huh. on his deathbed, Jimmy Carter, but like maybe even 10 years ago, Jimmy Carter. Just like, I think that'd be kind of cool. Or even just like yeah. post-presidency. Yeah, he just seemed yeah. like a neat guy. Um, and Jackie Kennedy. Oh, Wow. Good I feel like pull. that would be, I feel like that'd be a good, I think that'd be a, like a good, a good dinner. I think she'd have some very interesting stories. But not JFK. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd, I'd rather, if I wanted to hear about his affair with Marilyn Monroe, I'd rather just talk to her, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Uh, also his yeah. voice, I honestly don't think I could listen to him talk. Yeah, that's true. Hers isn't also no, very good. No, but his is really like nasally but and also from boston like it's two bad things it's yeah Yeah. it's quite pedantic hers is so Mm -hmm. waspy but yeah his is his is just all boston all the time and it's not great um i'm just trying to think if there was anything else i have a really great question this is really introspective are you ready on a scale of one to ten how funny do you think you are Ooh. Such a great question. In my head, 11. 
I'm an 11. In reality, it's probably like a 4. No, disagree. I think the weird thing... Okay, so here's like... In my immediate family, I think there's like a scale. Like, I think I'm a 7. I think my sister's a 10. And I think Chris is a 9. And... Shit, I'm going to have to tell her to listen to this episode now. But yeah, I think I'm... In those three, which I think, like, are the, like, my closest knit relationships, mm-hmm. I think my sister's the Your sister is hysterical. She's very funny. When I saw her in the summertime, we just laughed, mm-hmm. like, the entire time. It was good. You know what I was thinking about yesterday about that? For some reason, I've collected all these friends who are also becoming friends with each yeah. other. And it's nice, but it's also a fucking nightmare when you're hosting 40 people for your son's first birthday and you see all your friends and your sister together and they're all talking and you go up to them and you say, what are you talking about? And they all stare you dead in the face at the same time and say, you? And the funny thing is we weren't. And and we all just did that. Like, that was not planned. There was no, like... (laughs) It was the most, like, intimidating (laughs) moment of my life around these people who I love dearly and know me better than anyone in the world. And I say, who are you gossiping about? And we're all just, like, immediately just like, you, obviously. (laughs) Oh, my God. I thought I was going to die on this It's funny, though, because, like, we legitimately were not. Like, we, (laughs) I don't even know what we were talking about. And it had nothing to do with you. And then... I don't know. All three of us must have like just been on the same wavelength. Wavelength, and we were just like, for "Oh, sure." I think it was you, Larissa, yeah. Britt, and Grace. Yeah, yeah, oh and we were all God. just like right there, and it was just like, "Yeah, we are talking about you," um, but we weren't. <laughs> and we were just like, like honestly, it was just a very benign conversation. It was like nothing to worry about. I promise. Oh, and I knew that. It was just, like, it was such a bizarre <laughs> moment to have all those worlds collide in the same, in the same brains. Which is just yeah. like, wow, okay, yeah. I collect the same type of people. I see that now. <laughs> well, it's funny. Okay, so it's funny that you mentioned that because this next month is my birthday and I'm turning old and um, I'm going to be 40, which is a thing, I guess. And I always have this, like, really petty plan to, like... Um, have a party. Well, I'm going to do it. But I was going to have a party with, like, separate sets of invitations for, like, different people. And, like, so it's like, <laughs> oh, if I've been to your wedding and, like, bought presents for your children, you can buy me a fucking present. I don't think I'm going to be that petty anymore because I just don't care. Um, <laughs> but I always thought that would be kind of fun. But I'm not doing that. But I'm still going to have, like, a party. And uh, as it turns out, I think what's going to happen is it's going to be a house party at Reva's place because she's like, I'll host for you. And I was like, that sounds like a great idea. So that's what we're going to do, um, which will be very fun. But then I was like sitting down and kind of making a list. And it's a very disparate group of people because um, I just want to <laughs> yeah. do one thing. I don't I have no interest in doing more than one thing. Yeah. Because that's too much for me. And so I have a list. There's, like, there's like my work friends. And then there's um, the Party Pals, which is, like, one of my group chats where during quarantine, like, during the pandemic, like, you know, 
deeper pandemic times, we used to get together once a month to celebrate all of five of our birthdays because they are like one month after the other. Um, oh my God, cute. And so we have that. And then there's like my buds from Calgary and like that group of people. And then there's you and you said you're going to come and stay at Larissa's house. I'm like, she can come too. It'll be great. Um, and then there's like people from here, like mm-hmm. my friend Aaron and you know, whatever. So like the list is going to be a very strange list, but I was like, I don't know. We're all old enough now that I think it doesn't matter. Yeah. It like it's not like you're in 19 and like hoping that all your friends are going to yes. get along. It doesn't really matter because everyone's old enough, but it's just going to be really funny. And then we were talking about one of the girls at work and I were talking about it and she's like, mm, yeah, we, she's like, you just have to say like no significant others so that a certain person doesn't show up. Um, she's like, I'm not bringing my fucking husband. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I'm not bringing mine. Yeah. He stayed home with the baby, bro. Yeah. Anyway, it was, so we're doing, but it's funny as you say that, like, this is like weird group. So there's going to be this like interesting mix of people. Um, oh my God. Are you inviting Avery? I haven't seen Avery in like four years. Oh yeah. Then there's those, those people too. The meat, my, like the meat tribunal is what we call our, uh, Twitter group. Oh, so they'll be there and too. Mike? Yeah. Uh, maybe. He probably won't come, but he can have an invite. Mike Fail? Yeah, he doesn't do anything anymore. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Like, he didn't even go to one of our very good friend's weddings, so. Oh, shoot. But he'll get an invite. Yeah, and like, yeah, but yeah, so there's just a very disparate, like, group of people who are going to be uh, on the list, and so we'll see what happens. A hundred percent. That's how I felt at my son's first birthday party, Megan, and Mm -hmm. it worked out. (laughs) Of course it did. And there's also people enjoy baby birthday parties, so that was good. Not me. (laughs) (laughs) And yet you're doing it again. Yay. (laughs) Are you having the same size of a birthday party for your son this time? Um... I mean, I think I'll generally invite the same people. I don't think my sister's going to make it. Um, but because we're doing a trip in June. Did Out I tell there? you about this? No, what are you doing? No, me and Brittany are going to London, Megan. Oh, is this? Okay. Well, I guess you can keep Chris around then if he's going to keep sending you and your sister on trips. That's great. Yeah, totally. The For one, how long? Uh, like eight or nine days, I think. That's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, like, taking a big portion of, like, vacation time, sort of, for, for right. her. So I don't think she's going to be able to make it. Right. Um, but I'm going down there on the April 1st for the kids' recital. Um, nice. Because probably Grace's last year. Cool. That's fun. Um, but that doesn't matter to the people listening to this podcast. I don't remember what the question was. The question was, um... Oh, you asked me size of birthday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, less people will come because two isn't as important as one. Yes, that's that's true. That's very, very true. Um, but it'll be fun because kids' birthday parties are fun. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. I'm excited for it. I'm glad it didn't clash with my birthday plans, I'll be very honest. I know. I was worried about that, too, which is why I was like, oh, okay, thank God you're giving me a different date. That's perfect. Yeah. Well, because, so my birthday is on a Tuesday and I was going to like, okay, I'll just do a thing like the following Saturday. That makes sense. Except that the choir that I sing in, we have a freaking concert at 2.30 in the afternoon on the Sunday. And I was like, oh Oh, no, there's no possible way that I can sing in that concert. 
and also drink my face off the night before. <laughs> so apparently we're going to not do it then. And then the weekend after that is another friend's actual birthday. So I was like, well, I can't co-opt that. So I mean, we could have a joint Megan and Max birthday party. I mean, we could. <laughs> We could. There's definitely one of the people from Calgary who will be like, oh, why don't you just come here and we'll have a party for you here. And I'll be like, the highway goes both ways, motherfucker. Um, Yeah, totally. Anyway. So if you want an exclusive invite to Megan's (laughs) birthday, (laughs) send a DM to the Garbage Fire Pod Instagram. Just kidding. I mean, you could. I don't know if we'll read it, but like you could send one. It'll be Mike the Librarian. <laughs> He's not on Twitter anymore. He'll have to text me. <laughs> I said Instagram. Oh, right. I don't think he's on Instagram either. I don't think he's ever been on Instagram. What? Yes, he has. has he? Oh, I don't know. He texts me sometimes when the Oilers do dumb things and it makes me laugh because I'm never watching, but I do enjoy that he wants me to know about it. Oh, yeah, well, there you good. go. Um, so we'll talk about some books next time we do this. Yes. Um, Maybe over my spring break in between your uh, Taylor Swift and Estevan trips, we can carve out a time. Oh, yes. That sounds Uh, great. Because I'll have all the time in the world. That's doable for sure. And then we'll talk about some books and some other things. And then um, maybe I will tell everybody the story of how I went to see Cocaine Bear uh, and enjoyed myself. Oh, God. Yeah. We're already at 90 minutes. Otherwise, I'd say let her rip. I mean, it was a bear on cocaine. But it was... We'll talk about it some other time because it was absolutely <laughs> worth, like... TLDR yeah, is a bear it on was, cocaine. It was better than <laughs> it probably should have been. Is what I will leave with that. More. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, the other options were Creed 3 or there's this Irish movie called... I can't remember what it's called now. It's based on a, short, a novel called Foster and I can't remember the name of the movie. And they all started within about 10 minutes of each other. So it was basically like how, what our mood was when we got to the theater. And it was like, well, cocaine bear it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there yeah, you go. Um, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll reconvene in a month and we'll have more to say about things. <laughs> yeah, totally. And we'll probably talk about internet zaddy Pedro uh, probably, Pascal. Probably, because there's lots to talk about. Um, and uh, yeah, well, that's all we have for this week. You can find us on... All the things, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever else, I don't know. Um, on the interwebs at Garbage Fire Podcast. Or an email at garbagefirepodcast at gmail.com. It still works. I don't know the password for it, so I hope I never lose access to it. Um, <laughs> yeah, this was tricky when I was trying to secretly update the website and was like, I'm yeah. locked out, Megan, what's the password? And you're like, I don't fucking know. I tried know. a couple iterations and I was like, <laughs> it seems like too much work. Let's just try something different. And we made it work. So now we all have access to everything. It's great. Um, yeah, that's all we have for this week. As always, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in the dumpster. <laughs>